I'm Jeff Wilson. I'm the president and CEO of Precipitate Gold Corporation. Precipitate is a junior gold exploration company focused on assets in both the Dominican Republic and Newfoundland, Canada. Jeff Cassie again. Uh, in fact, nice end of year roundup time. I'm dressed like uh, Christmas, so let's go. Uh, so, right. I think we had lots of questions sent in on various platforms, and you know, it's kind of quite clear to me that I think some people would very much like to be able to work out and attribute some kind of value to the Dominican Republic assets. Okay, so you, you did that deal earlier in the year with Barrick, 5 million bucks plus 3% NSR on Pueblo um, uh, Vejo, um, and, and sorry, their public, Pueblo Vejo and your project and Pueblo Grande to kind of come together. So what can you tell us as to what Barrick's intentions are and, you know, what are they actually doing on the ground? Yeah, Barrick um, is still under an earn-in agreement whereby they, um, in order to earn a 70% interest in our Pueblo Grande project, which, as you mentioned, surrounds, essentially surrounds their Pueblo Viejo mine site, um, they've got to spend $10 million US over six years and provide or produce a pre-feasibility study at the end of that six-year term. That's a pretty aggressive spend and commitment uh, in a relatively short amount of time for any major company to get to pre-fees. Um, so we're pleased with that. That keeps them honest. In the interim, there are annual thresholds that they've got to spend a certain amount of money each calendar year or sorry, each year of the agreement. Um, so uh, our expectation is that Barrick is going to um, fulfill the current year's uh, obligations, which would be to spend an additional $1.5 million between now and the spring of, of next year. And um, we expect that to include some drilling. Now, again, we're, we're awaiting some full details from Barrick on what they plan to execute, but all indications are that they are full speed ahead on, on uh, fulfilling uh, the current obligations of that agreement and continuing to explore the project and move things forward. Okay, so 10 million bucks, a minimum of seven and a half thousand meters plus a PFS with, with by the end of a six year period with various stages to that. So I think people can look that up. I, I recognize you can't say too much because it's it's a it's an agreement with an, with another party. They may have their own stipulations as part of that agreement. Um, but as far as you're concerned, I like that phrase. Kind of keep them honest um, so that they kind of. And by the way, does that money have to be spent on drilling, or is it because it's you know, it hasn't been much work done on that on that property. Can they spend that on a you know multitude of different different ways? They can spend it in multiple different ways. The only <clears throat> the only stipulation was the uh, minimum uh, meterage in terms of drilling um, at seventy five hundred meters. But outside of that, it's it's uh, it can be spent in any manner. Now, what's what's I think doesn't really relate in in the numbers of the agreement is that ten million dollars U.S. But by by all accounts, anybody I've spoken to who's you know, worked with or for major mining companies has has evidence to me that, look, there's no way you get a project to a pre-feasibility stage without spending significantly more than 10 million. So we're comfortable that if, in fact, they, they take this all the way to the full extent of the agreement and execute on earning a 70%, uh, the project will see a significant amount uh, more than $10 million spent on it by Barrick and getting getting anything to a point where Barrick wants to take it to a pre-feasibility stage uh, would indicate that there's something fairly meaningful there. Um, and for us to have a 30% interest in that is, um, I think, a great value. Perhaps more importantly, you know, uh, you know, I'm not sure that Barrick wants to have precipitate as a partner holding hands, you know, dancing off into the sunset. So there may be some leverage there for precipitated if at such time uh, there's a 70-30 uh, agreement in front of us. 
Right, and it's obviously, look, for a company your size, you've kind of got to do the dance, right? Um, you've got to work out where the next money's coming through without being dilutive to your shareholders, and, and they would want that of you. But just in terms of, it can come back to that value component, which is there's a 3% uh, NSR, which can be sold off at some point, presumably, uh, should you wish to. There is the 30% component um, post-PFS, delivery of a, of a PFS, after which point you would then have to you know, meet your own or, you know, your own share of whatever uh, works through a, a feasibility study. Is that right? Actually, no. We were able to work out an agreement whereby – well, in the agreement whereby if we get to a 70%, 30%, we have the right to call upon Barrick to arrange our 30%. And that money is then paid back out of production or operations. So we're we're again, I think it's a it's a, it's a nice position for us to not get to a point where they deliver this incredible Cadillac pre-feasibility or feasibility study and say, oh, by the way, little precipitate, your 30% interest is going to cost you hundreds of millions of dollars. Good luck with that. We've got the ability to um, protect against that sort of unnecessary dilution down to say an NSR by calling upon Barrick to arrange that financing for us. Right, so that's really clear. So that has real value. If you didn't do another thing, that has real value. Okay, and then it's really just a question of timing. How long are shareholders waiting for you to, for the company to be able to kind of monetize that? But are there any components which you could bring forward? Like, would Barrick do Barrick have an option, or would they? Do you think want to take the thirty percent out at the you know sooner rather than later? Well, I think that would come down to, I mean, that would just become a strategy thing. I mean, if they started to see some things in their expiration results that were giving them joy and they thought, hey, this thing has the potential to be bigger and better than we'd ever hoped, maybe before we get all the way along, why don't we start talking to our friends here and see, uh, you know, how we can execute something that works for right, everybody. So so, yeah. Right. To be able to kind of execute on some or all of that 30%. Okay. Yeah. So those are the sorts of options on, on, on the table and you're not, you don't have to. It would be what what suits your strategy as a company going forward. Okay, I just want to kind of make it clear because lots of new people looking in here and they're asking some quite you know good questions and some some simple questions, but simple sometimes simple ones are the best ones. Um, right, are we good with Dominican Republic. I think we are. I mean, well, unless we, is any updates on, on, on Pontan or Juan de Herrera? No, the only thing I can say there is that in recent months I have been down to the Dominican Republic, meeting with some of the government officials and the other sort of you know. Um, Question mark with respect to our our DR assets is you know our neighbor GoldQuest with their Romero project and will that get its exploitation permit to be able to pu- push forward? I mean we uh, we continue to sort of help push that forward for them. We want to see our neighbors get the green light so that you know it sort of opens up uh, the door for all of us to continue spending money and working there. Um, you know I think one of the things that's changed for us as it relates to Wanda Herrera is that uh, we have well we always have had all of our permits and all of our concession rights and we're fully able should we wish to to move forward at Wanda Herrera and Pontant we've sort of strategically decided that better return on investment there will come after our neighbors have an exploitation permit and there's some clarity of path forward um, but one of the things that this barrack transaction earlier in the year back in May did for us by putting $5 million US or about $6.5 million Canadian in the Treasury is we're, we're equipped at any point in time without having to go back to the market, without having to raise money, should we deem it uh, beneficial and accretive to go back and uh, spend money on those assets. We own drills, we have permits, and so really it's a matter of sort of a, a, a kind of a political climate thing that, that we're sort of waiting out and if, if it's turn, time to turn those taps back on. 
um, we're not starting from a standstill and saying, okay, the environment's better. Maybe our share price has ticked up a bit. Let's raise money to go drilling there. We're fully equipped to do that uh, at the drop of a hat. And I think that, yes, that may still take some time to work out, but I think being in a position of strength on all fronts there, I think is good for us as well. Okay, I, I kind of get the optionality bit there. Now, I do want to talk about the five million and what, what you've been doing with it and what you're going to continue doing with it in a second up in Newfoundland. But just on 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 the point of waiting out the political climate thing again, just responding to the kind of questions sent in again, to help people with the understanding. Of this. You know, Goldquest are have filed an arbitration apparently. Um, have you? Well, one is that true, and um, two is there any intent on your part to kind of join in on that one? Just kind of jog the government along or is it best to kind of just sit back and wait these things out yeah i mean i i think I, i'm not aware that a, that anything has in fact been filed um i think it's been threatened maybe maybe it's been filed and, and i'm not aware that that could be um we've not been asked by gold quest to align and anything like that so um you know we'll see i think i think that the, the little nuance to this that's important is that you know we keep talking and i and i'm guilty of this sometimes myself too we talk about this as being a political thing to some extent it is, but really it's not as if we're up against a government that doesn't believe in or doesn't want mining. We've just talked about Barrick and it's Pueblo Viejo. It's one of the fifth, top five largest gold mines on the planet. I mean, the Dominican government relies on mining, understands mining, believes in mining. So this is not a jurisdiction that is saying we don't want mining in our backyard. What they're saying is there's some people in the local community that are uh, obstructing this. And you need to get that local community on side in order for us as politicians to, you know, get all the praise rather than the criticism for approving this thing. And I think that's, you know, that's not a Dominican issue. I mean, that's that that happens in any part of the world. We need to address the local concerns. So I, I, I do like to clarify that, that this is not as if this is some president or government that just outright doesn't want mining. They want mining to exist somewhat harmoniously with, you know, the agricultural industries and other and, 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 and other parts of the community such that, you know, again, as politicians, they want to be popular. So how do, how do we make this decision? How do we grant these rights in a way that keeps us popular and hopefully gets us reelected? That's what they're thinking, not we don't want mining. And I think that's a that's an important point to make. Fair point. Fair point. Uh, yep. And we do hear that a lot most days, um, quite frankly. Um, in other jurisdictions all across the world. Well, look, um, Jeff, let, let, let's let's trot up to Canada, um, to the homeland, um, Newfoundland. Um, you, you put out um, a piece with regards to you know the completion of the uh, 2,700 meter drill program at Motherlode Gold Project. Uh, tell us what you now know. Yeah, I mean that went very well. I mean uh, we marched that project from an acquisition about a little over a year ago to uh, to a first phase of drilling for us here uh, in recent months. Uh, again, you know uh, smoothness of of uh, getting the project drill ready, getting permitting. You know, speaking about permitting, we were able to expedite that process pretty nicely in Newfoundland, and and the weather uh, behaved pretty well for us, and we were able to get that done through late fall and into um, you know into sort of November. Uh, we, as you mentioned, we got 2,700 meters of drilling completed, which was the target objective, but in about um, 12 holes. Relatively shallow depth. Most holes were sort of two to 300 meters depth. So we're, we're, we're targeting a relatively shallow target here. Uh, but one of the holes did um, target a, a slightly deeper chargeability anomaly that we identified through the ground, uh, the ground geophysics, so the IP, induced polarization 
program that we did. And so seeing that high chargeability at depth, what we noticed there was it was situated directly beneath uh, surface mineralization, an area where grab samples and rock samples had returned over 25 grams per ton gold. So some pretty rich mineralized outcropping. But uh, prior operators had never drilled into this chargeability anomaly that we identified at depth. So yeah, there had been some prior drilling in the area, but we, through this new IP survey, uh, evidenced a body, if you will, that had not been previously intersected with drilling. So, you know, our drilling targeted this uh, for the first time. Uh, we sort of like some of what we see in some of the holes visually. I mean, not that I'm seeing visual gold or any of that kind of stuff, but just it looks as if it's the right stuff. And um, all of that material has now been submitted to the labs for uh, for analysis. And we'll see sometime in Q1 of 2023 uh, what those assay results look like. And, and that'll determine what we do next. Right. Let's kind of try and put that in English for, for most people because you know, I, I'm just very conscious as a kind of big audience who've come from outside mining, perhaps yep. not quite sure what the vocabulary and when the words are. So we, we and, and I know it's, I appreciate it's not very technical, but for, for those coming in new, it will sound that way. It will sound baffling and I don't want them trotting off somewhere else. So you, you've done all of the above. What does that mean you do now? What is the opportunity ahead of you that you're going to try and reveal? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a sequenced uh, process, if you will, in that we try to take steps being fiscally responsible. So you try to do the low-hanging fruit, the simplest, least expensive methodology that often is groundwork, surface work, sampling, you know, collecting soil samples, rock samples to see, hey, is there some form of mineralization here uh, in this area that we don't see elsewhere? And we did see that. Uh, we were able to do some airborne geophysics, so flying helicopters over and, and getting some uh, magnetic readings uh, from that. Again, we saw some anomalous zones that were situated in the same areas where we were getting gold at surface. And then we went down and ran along the ground, essentially large cables uh, that you run across, you know, um, hundreds of meters, if not kilometers. You inject a charge into the ground and you get a response from that charge as to how well the the subsurface is holding that charge and if it's holding that charge it's conductive it, it's telling you that there's some some material in the rock that has the potential to host um, sulfides which often is where gold exists so it's these these sort of scientific methods that sort of vector you towards an area that you think could be the most prospective for hosting gold and then the final sort of acid test is is drilling and uh, getting those assay readings about that. So that's where we sit now is waiting on the assays to come back to sort of further uh, uh, answer your question. What do we do next? Those assays will tell us, OK, if if certain bodies within that that geophysical anomaly uh, do, in fact, hold gold. Well, there's more of that body for us to test and we can start to, to step out a long strike and, you know, contiguously evidence does this. Does this chargeable body continue and and does the gold within it continue? Should we identify some gold? So it's, um, you know, at this point, it's a wait and see what, what the analysis tells us about the work that we've done to date. Uh, if we get a proof of concept, really, that's what it's about. Proof of concept will allow us to then continue on uh, with more of the same kind of work along strike. Right. Okay. So it can, one, it's really clear to, again, people looking in at this, listening to this for the first time and your current shareholders, I guess, um, is the focus is on 
Motherload, you talked about you have the optionality with the money you received back in May to go back into Dominican Republic on, on, on the various projects, should you wish to. But the reality is Newfoundland is the focus. So how much of the money have you got left and what will it allow you to do? Yeah, so we're sitting on approximately $7 million Canadian right now in the Treasury. Um, we did raise some flow-through money late last year that has now essentially been deployed into Canada and Newfoundland. Um, you know, that was money raised at higher prices, uh, you know, at a premium because of the flow-through component. Um, so we're sitting on about $7 million now, uh, mostly hard dollars, uh, money that we have discretion on. You know, we didn't touch on this, but our, but our assets in the Dominican Republic are owned 100%. There's no underlying option payments that we're coming up against. There's no work commitment obligations. So fully discretionary in terms of that, that treasury. Um, and so I think what we do next will di be dictated in part by the results from uh, Motherload. Uh, but also uh, we've been spending a, a great portion of the last six months or so looking at new opportunities, new ideas. How can we leverage that cash into something better than simply depleting it, you know, month after month, day after day, as you stay alive as a publicly listed entity and do something transformational or accretive. And so we've been looking at a lot of new asset opportunities, merger and acquisition type possibilities, you know, in this market, as I'm sure you, you and your, your viewers can appreciate, there's no shortage of people who look at a company like ours with $7 million cash and say, hey, how can we work together? Um, and so it isn't what, what I really have found over the last few months is it's not just um, uh, it, it's, it's good companies with good people and good projects that have still sort of found themselves themselves in challenging financial situations. And so it's not an indictment on the management team in every case uh, or the quality of the assets. Sometimes it's just been circumstantial. We've been in a tough market where access to additional capital and the timing of that has been challenging. And so there's some really good possibilities out there that we're that we're looking at. Um, but again, we're in this fortunate, favorable position where we don't have to acquire anything. We've got a, we've got a portfolio that we like. Uh, we've got assay results pending. We've got work being conducted by our partners at Barrick uh, that's not costing us anything. And so we're in a position where we can uh, be selective. But if we see something we like and we want to execute, I think we're in a good position to be able to do that. Do you think, because obviously, um, obviously everyone piled into Newfoundland you know, a couple of years ago, um, and, and quite rightly so, some, you know, some huge headline numbers coming out of there. Um, I think the shine's come off a lot of those kind of wannabes, and there's a few people kind of delivering it. Do you, do you feel that you made the right move going into Newfoundland? Are you kind of encouraged by what you see there, or do you feel that perhaps this the story, the broader story for the company needs it needs another arm to it as it were you know another yeah, I mean, yeah good question i mean i'm i'm pleased with how newfoundland has has played out for us so far i mean and you know let's let's call a spade a spade part of the reason why we went there is we were sort of handcuffed a little bit with the dominican republic and and you know we couldn't justify to junior mining investors to sit around and say the story here is wait you know manana 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 that you know that's not going to cut it we had to do something um, where we were, you know, moving things forward. And so Newfoundland presented for us an area where we liked the geology, uh, we liked the, um, the uh, ability to access capital, 
Um, and we like the jurisdiction with respect to policies and, and timelines and that sort of thing. So it delivered for us on all fronts. It has to date. The only thing we're still not sure of is whether or not Mother Lode is going to deliver uh, gold mineralization in the assays. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm content with the jurisdiction and, and with the asset that we picked up there. We didn't go into sort of the hot area in and around newfound gold. We, you know, we're in a region that's, you know, unto itself, if you will. It's a different geological district. So we're not sort of ambulance chasing in that regard. Having said all of that, we are not looking exclusively now for new assets in Newfoundland. We're not necessarily looking to um, you know, expand our presence in that province. We're really looking at everything independently. And it may be a gold asset, it may be a copper asset, uh, it may be in Canada, it may be in the US. So, you know, really looking at what we really feel sort of fits our skill set um, and, and is something that we can add value to and, and, and maybe some uncovered or unidentified opportunity that we can bring that the current owner uh, hasn't been able to accomplish. Interesting, interesting. Really interesting, actually. I, you make you make me think though, because a couple of things that you, you, you've talked about. You talked about obviously, okay, it's not a not a political game per se in in Dominic, uh, Dominican Republic. It is, it's a story that has been repeat, oft repeated in every jurisdiction in every country around the world. I mean, when it comes to miners, you kind of got to get the local uh, social license and all of all of those wonderful things attached to that, as well as the permitting and, and licensing side of things. Um, are there jurisdictions now that you think perhaps because you talk about oh and we may be looked down in the US? I'm like the similar stories I'm hearing out of the US are seemingly very very difficult places to do mining. Whatever the politicians say with regards to battery metals, whatever that whatever they say in terms of um, being pro business, and you know it just strikes strikes me that it's very hard to actually confidently go into any jurisdiction now and think I think I can get this thing over the line because. It's a, it's, it's a valid point. Um, it, you know, definitely the world is shrinking. There's no question about that for, for us. Uh, I mean, I think for us, part of it also is where we are domiciled. So here on the west coast of Canada and in, and in British Columbia and uh, in Vancouver specifically, you know, I, I look at things like, you know, what, what's it going to cost me? What's it going to cost my team to get to the project frequently? And if, you know, if we're going you know, halfway around the world, let's say to places like Australia or something like that, wonderful jurisdictions, great places to do business in a lot of different ways. But, you know, what's my, you know, experience at operating in that place? How am I going to find people? How am I going to get, you know, there to send enough FaceTime with the local politicians and the local landowners? So, you know, it's it's things like that that play into it as well. I, you know, sometimes it's not just what's a good jurisdiction, but what's a good jurisdiction for me, my team, and where I'm situated. And uh, so, you know, north-south makes a lot of sense for us. It's it's much easier for us, you know, without crossing too many time zones to go down into the U.S. or uh, certain parts of Canada. So um, that's kind of why I'm looking in those parts of the world. Are there other places we would consider? Absolutely. Um, but there are a lot of different layers to uh, to evaluation uh, beyond just the geology or just the rocks as, as we're touching on here now. Okay, so what do the next six months look like for you guys? Yeah, well, I mean, we're really excited about the next quarter. I mean, going into 2023, we're hoping to start to get some assay results from the mother load drilling. Um, I, and I think that will tell us a lot about where we go next there. Um, Barrick, my expectation is that Barrick is going to start to ramp things up for their next phase of work. And I'm hoping that Q1, uh, maybe Q1, Q2 of next year should be fairly active for them. They've got, uh, as I said, they've got a spring 
sort of uh, threshold in terms of expenditure to to commit to, and I, I I expect them to do that. So I think there'll be a fair bit of work uh, by Barrick on on Pueblo Viejo, and um, outside of that, I guess the two wild cards are you know what happens you know sort of with Romero, our neighbors at Wanda Herrera, and does that provide a platform for us to get back in there and get get aggressive with existing drill permits and drill targets that we have. Uh, and lastly, you know, can we execute on something uh, new and bring something else into the fold here that uh, sort of ideally changes kind of the valuation and the dimension of, of the company going forward? So uh, a couple of, I think, quite, uh, you know, um, attainable or achievable sort of things here coming forward, assay results and barracks work. I think we can count on on those things moving forward. And then a couple of wild cards in the form of, you know, do we get some daylight at Wanda Herrera and, and can we bring something new into the fold? Right. Okay. Um, I, I like that. Well, look, um, Jess, have a great Christmas. I am, I'm off in a few days. Uh, we'll see you hopefully in the new year when some of this stuff starts coming through. Certainly on the assay front, um, I'd be keen to sort of see what, what comes back there. Um, so I appreciate your time today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks as always.